Hey everybody, this is John. We forgot to mention on the podcast, but usually when we do music episodes, we'll play clips of songs, uh, but we're not doing that this time because it's Prince, and we don't want to get sued. So I think for the ending song, I'll just play the full version of our theme song by the Divine Comedy, give some promotion to somebody who doesn't mind that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, enjoy the show. While the distance in existence join the resistance, come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The lost art of conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we have a guest. Hello. Hey. I'm Patrick Hayes. Patrick what? Hayes. Hayes. Another, so two Patricks. So this will be... He's, a, uh, he's also known as the other Pat. No, no, no. That's you. Oh, uh, we're going to get into this. And you guys used to live together. That's true. We did for <laughs> a good, what? Uh, well, a good two months, and then there were a few months after that. Yeah. I lived on his floor. I didn't, we didn't really live together. <laughs> oh. I slept next to the dog. The summer I moved to California, he he nicely opened his floor up to me. But wait, didn't I meet you, Pat? Uh, you Pat did. Hayes? Yeah, I did. Right. So yes, you 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 bought my ticket for the Bell and Sebastian show, and I I very much appreciate it. Oh yeah, oh, right. I thought I met you when you and Pat lived together. I don't know. No, no, no. not. I don't think you knew each other then. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I. Yeah, I met your uh, other stinky hippie roommate pat yes yeah they don't they, there's nothing similar about the two of them no no <laughs> oh, me john yeah john oh well, we should have had him on too it would have been a really confusing episode <laughs> and i, I don't think he's yeah. ever heard a prince song so it's been perfect <laughs> oh yes yeah. so yeah why don't you tell everybody what we're doing this week pat oh we're doing purple rain versus uh Prince's two new albums whose names I have no idea. Artificial oh, Age and Plectrum Electrum. Plectrum Electrum. Yeah. Very yes. good. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with Purple Rain, of course, and uh, we'll yeah, we don't I don't wanna well, we've both kind of said off or we've all three kind of said off air that there's one of the new ones we like and one we don't care for so much, but um, but the secret is none of us know. I, I want to go on record that there are none that I like. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are none that you like. Neither of the new records uh, did, did anything good for me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but all right. Purple Rain. So, 30 year anniversary, which. Prince has said he was going to release a 30th anniversary edition, and since it's already November, I'm not really seeing it happen. Uh, unless he does a Beyonce and just drops it uh, with no fanfare at the end of the year. It, it's almost like he's done something flaky, which I find unprecedented. Yeah, for Prince? Who would who to think thunk it? Yeah. But Purple Rain, I think we can probably all agree on, um, it's a huge piece of shit. No, it's it's not. Um, this was an album I remember. So we've talked about this on the podcast before, Pat, uh, 1984 was like my big year getting into like, um, underground rock alternative 
rock um, transitioning mm-hmm. from heavy metal. And I remember uh, I went over to one of my friend's houses uh, that summer, and he was still into heavily a metal guy. And I saw Purple Rain in his in his collection, and I pulled it out, and you could tell he was super embarrassed, like he was going to have to <laughs> apologize for it. And I was like, dude, let's play it. And he was like, this is the best album ever, isn't it? I was like, yeah, this is great. So... I think like a lot of people talk about thriller crossing lines, but I, I like I wasn't into thriller at the time, and nobody I knew was. But everybody loved Purple Rain, no matter what you listen to. I feel like, yeah, you you, you turned it on, and, and every song was something you 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 couldn't turn it off. It's, it's just great from beginning to end. There's just one song on there that's a little weak, and and uh, from the rest of it is like unforgettable. All right, so let's see if we agree on the weak song. My pick, uh, Darling Nikki. Hmm. Computer That's blue for you? Computer blue, absolutely. Yeah, it had to be one of those two. Yeah, I, I agree. Darling Nikki's a gimmicky song, but the gimmick kind of never gets old, really. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's got the. I mean, the whole really uh, controversial line in it about masturbating with a magazine is just doesn't make any sense because nobody masturbates with magazines. But um, here's what I think about that. I don't think he's talking about the, the the chick. I think it's him. I think he's he's talking about a, a fantasy he had in a hotel lobby while he was masturbating with a magazine. Oh well, he could have made uh, that. Could be it wasn't really clear. No, uh, lyrically, but, but it makes a hell of a lot more sense than the other scenario. Yeah, it, it does. Um, well, I didn't know there was so much debate about that. Lyrically, I, uh, let's talk about lyrics for a while because I think Prince probably has more grown worthy lyrics than any major artist I can think of. And we'll definitely get to that when we get to his new albums. Um, this album, oh, yes, <laughs> this album, not nearly as much. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. This one was beginning to end solid. Like even computer blue and darling Nikki are good as like album tracks. Mm-hmm. Before we did the podcast, I thought this was going to be the first time I've ever listened to Purple Rain beginning to end. But it must not be because I've heard all these songs. Or oh. maybe all these songs have been singles somewhere or in movies or something where I've heard them before. Yeah, five of these songs were hit singles. Five out of nine. Um, yeah, how, who does that happen to anymore? Right, and I think The Beautiful Ones and Baby I'm a Star easily could have also been hit singles. Yeah, I think there just wasn't room for any more singles. Yeah, yeah. Where is this in his On the, career? Right, yeah. career? How, how long has he been around at this point? 80, so his first album was 78, and this is 84. So he, let me, actually, I can just look up how many, because he was doing about an album a year. So one, two, this was his sixth album. Um, does, how, how does the stuff before this compare? Does, is it like you ramped up to this, the other stuff's just as good, or is this like jumping ahead, way, way ahead? He kind of ramped up. His first album wasn't great. Um, his second album was better, and then he did Dirty Mind, which was great. Uh, yeah. And then Controversy, which had some good songs but wasn't really great. And then 1999, which was another huge hit, his first double album, which was also really good. So he, from Dirty Mind on, I'd say he was pretty str- I'd say... The whole the whole of the '80s until you get to, uh, well, the Batman soundtrack and um, and Love Sexy. He was pretty great. Wait, do you have a problem uh, with the Batman soundtrack? What's that? Go ahead, Pat. Uh, I was saying Love Sexy is a great record. It's very underappreciated. 
it's grown on me. The Batman soundtrack is what it is. Yeah, the Batman soundtrack is the Batman soundtrack, and then, and then like in the middle, like after after Purple Rain, um, Around the World in a Day was not great, although it had some great songs on it. But I think he was pretty pretty much genius for most of the '80s, um, and Purple Rain is probably his high point in the culture. I, but I don't even think it's his best album from the period, so maybe his third best. In my mind, what do you what do you what do you got in front of it? I'd go Sign of the Times and Parade maybe before it, maybe even Dirty Mind, but I don't. Dirty Mind doesn't have as much uh, variety as Purple Rain, so I'd give Purple Rain the edge, I guess. But okay. and what's your opinion? Purple Rain is is that your favorite Prince album? No, no, I probably love Sexy really. Um... But I mean, Sign of the Times is great too. You can, Sign of the Times is the kind of record you know you can recommend it to anybody, and you know they're not going to come back anything but happy. Um, Purple Rain. I mean, it's like I heard it so much. It's I don't even own it any in it, on any format anymore. I can I can just press play anytime in my head. Uh, so it's not like something I'm going to like put on to listen to. Um, yeah, I listened to it once for this podcast, but I didn't really need to. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh, you know, Love Sexy, it, it, I think it ties, my point I'm going to make here ties in with the new records too, because like I have a, if, if Prince comes to your town with these two crappy records, you got to go. Oh, because definitely. These, yeah. are crap, these are crap songs. And when you show up, he's going to show you that he could have taken the time to make them decent. Uh, you know, he's going to get on stage and, and they're going to, they're going to sound great. And Love Sexy was the same kind of thing. If you went to the Love Sexy, I didn't think much of the record. And then I went th- to the tour and then I just, I just loved the tour so much. I went back and listened to the, the record a little more seriously and, and it became one of my favorites. Well, yeah, I think you're never going to get a bad Prince performance. Did you guys watch the Saturday Night Live thing? Yeah, I saw that. Everybody's no, talking about, oh, you didn't see it, Pat? I didn't watch it, no. Everybody's like blowing up about how great of a performance he did and he gave and i was like well yeah but that's to be expected from prince like live it wasn't an especially good prince performance no no i didn't think so either but i can see why people get excited especially people who maybe haven't seen prince live was it as good as the super bowl no no not as good as the super no (laughs) no that was that was awesome i don't know why they don't have him (laughs) for the super bowl every year i'm back i never went away you went away. <laughs> yeah, well, the Super Bowl was also like a greatest hits thing, and this, and his Saturday Night Live performance was all new stuff. So, oh, okay, yeah, it wasn't gonna really compare. But um, so so, Pat, what was the first Prince album you you got? It would have been Purple Rain. I got it on vinyl, and it was really the first. Uh, it was like right when I started paying attention to pop music. You know, I was like, we went and stayed at my aunt's house on our way up to New Hampshire, and uh, she had cable. So, like, automatically, I knew what you were supposed to do with cable. You were supposed to go to MTV. So I go to MTV, and then there's this, and it was the, it was the weekend it was released, and when Doves Cry was the first single, and there's just this freakish midget on a purple motorcycle just getting down, and it's like wow you know that was a big deal i was like 12 you know and uh and then the sounds of course i didn't know how unique the sounds were but they were uh and so it was kind of like a tough act to follow you know a lot of stuff afterwards was was kind of just kind of flat in comparison well yeah it was kind of like it was definitely like genre defying it was all over the place and it was mixing things that you hadn't heard mixed especially in like top 40 before and when doves cry mm-hmm. is like 
a funk song with no bass, which is, well, I don't know anybody else who's ever pulled that off. <laughs> I've heard it performed live with a bass, and it's 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 still a great song. It's 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 that's I think that gets attention, but I don't know I don't know how important it is in why the song works. No, maybe it's it maybe it's more like a trick. It's like it's great even though it doesn't have a bass line. Right, right. And yeah, no, definitely. If if this song comes on today, it's it doesn't even feel played out to me. Like if I hear it, even no. though I've, I've heard it a million times, I'm like, this is a great fucking song. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But Pat Riccardi, I'm I'm interested in your take on this album since you, like like you said, you didn't know if you'd ever heard it all the way through before. Or you didn't like listen to it regularly at the time or anything i i liked it all i liked all the songs and the songs that i've heard before weren't wearing on me it's, it's not like other 80s songs where you're like skip so they're all awesome i i am curious how they sound live but yeah it was great and and was there any weak point for you on the album not really not this one yeah yeah, I, I mean, I mean, even the, the stuff you guys talked about, I, I guess because I haven't heard it a million times, I, I thought they were, I thought Darling Nikki and Computer Blue were fine. Yeah, they they are fine, just not in comparison to the other songs. I, I mean, they don't, you know, they don't stack up against like Computer Blue. You start running, you start to run into that lyrics problem you were talking about earlier, John. I mean, until I find the righteous one, Computer Blue, what the hell is that? <laughs> Yeah, well, that, <laughs> sounds like REM lyrics. That's fine by me. Yeah, that's nothing compared to some of the newer <laughs> lyrics, I would say. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, man, I, I know listening to it, I'm like, when I was listening to it just this one time for this podcast, I was like, wow, Baby I'm a Star should have been a single too. It's great. Mm-hmm. And, and then. Yeah, he did that a lot on awards shows that year because he was like he was the big thing that year, and so he was on all the awards shows, and that was always his big number. And it was like he'd bring up like an entourage of twenty or thirty people on stage, and they'd all be soul clapping. It was it was huge uh, number, but, but he never released it. I don't think. Yeah, it's just like so joyous sounding too. Um, and the we should yeah. talk about well since. We'll definitely we should definitely bring up the revolution his band for this uh, especially since he's got a new band now that uh, we can compare them to I guess although there's really no comparison in my mind that's not very nice to do yeah no <laughs> but but I mean they were they were all like locked into each other you could tell they they like they had their own groove and they could they could pretty much follow Prince anywhere he went um, which was great for this album I mean without without the band it's it's obviously not the same album, but uh, they probably don't get enough credit either in, in no. uh, Prince lore, but what a great band he had. Especially Matt Fink on the keyboards. You know, he, he made a big contribution. And at the time, Prince wasn't acknowledging that anyone but him did anything on the records, but it was never true. Um, and, and Matt Fink, you know, you, you think about Dirty Mind and, uh, uh and and this record, just how important the synthesizers were, and and they're so different from other '80s synthesizers where they don't sound old now. I mean, so many records from that time, you put them on and you're embarrassed. You know, you, the single that you like comes on and you feel good about that, and then the rest of the record you just skip, 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 skip. Yeah, nobody nobody's listening to Information Society nowadays, with or Axel F, <laughs> or Axel F, F, yeah. 
So what happened to the revolution? What, what are they up to now? Are they together? Are everybody no, they, went separate I mean, ways? Wendy and Lisa are together. So, well, I mean, they're... In I, every sense. Yeah, they're married, I guess, and and uh, they still do music together. Like they did, they did the soundtrack to Heroes, that TV show. Did they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think they've done some like some albums on their own, but I haven't really heard them. But I mean, no, they, I haven't they were great too. They they all they just meshed. Everybody worked so well together in this band. Well, and they hung out socially, kind of as peers before he got huge. Right. And I I think that was. You know, it wasn't just they weren't hired hands. And now I feel like he just goes out and gets whoever will listen to whatever bullshit he wants them to do. Yeah, that's you know, he went out. He went ahead. out and found these girls on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's where Justin Bieber came from. No one complains about him. No, nobody does. I, it's true. No. <laughs> the, uh, I'm, yeah, it wasn't. Didn't Prince like? Wasn't he trying to get with uh, Wendy's sister, or like her twin, or something too? I don't know if that's why he got her into the band. I'm sure he got her into yeah. the band because she yeah, was good. Suzanne. Yeah, he was really. She was a really good guitar player, but. Yeah, yeah th- I mean, it's there's not a lot to talk about with this album, really, just because everybody knows all these songs by heart, or or else they're deaf. Uh, that's the only reason I can think people wouldn't be familiar with this album. Um, or they're ten years old, but even so, um, but yeah, just you I remember. Break, you, you, yeah. What's that? I was gonna say you could, you really could give give this to a young person today and expect them to enjoy it. You know, it's not it's not like covered in cobwebs. No, it's it's yeah, pretty. I mean, it's definitely post seventies, but it's it's uh it's still the music is kind of timeless. I mean, it, and it hold in that it holds up. And sounds modern, yeah. like you were saying. It doesn't sound dated like a lot of the keyboard-heavy uh, songs of the era. Yeah. I don't know how happy parents would be about you giving their child a Prince album. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right about that. Although, you know, that, 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 that he was so, uh, you know, it was so con- 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 controversial at the time, all the eroticism. But, you know, I'm, I teach fifth grade, and the other day somebody just mentioned you know it's hot in here and then they all at the same time there's some song i guess that starts out it's hot in here let's take off our clothes and they all started singing that i was like no we're not doing that and you know it's like there's you know the stuff he was doing that i think darling nikki can still probably probably get under a lot of people's skin but maybe just for um, that one line but this overall the album (laughs) lyrically is pretty tame yeah yeah i mean Purple Rain is, you know, kind of more about transcendence and who the hell knows what Wind Does cries about. Um, <laughs> and Let's Go Crazy is just like a fun party song. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I was surprised by. I thought 1999 was on this album. Did I sleep nope. through it? 1999 nope. no. is on 1999. I didn't realize Oddly it was enough. on its own, own separate album. Pat, pat, pat. Yeah, and it's a good one. It's it's hit and miss too. It's it's a big it's a double album, but there's there's a couple of clunkers on there. But um, it's mostly really good. Yeah, even even album tracks like uh, DMSR are great on there mm-hmm. that don't get a lot of play. Um, now, how long before his his troubles was 1984? I mean, uh, Purple Rain, like before his label troubles. Oh, that was 90s. So this oh, okay. was a ways off. Ways off. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, the reason that they're talking about, um, he was talking about releasing a 30th anniversary edition of Purple Rain is because he's signed, he's back with Warner Brothers now, and that was the label he had all the problems with. 
Oh, okay. Oh, so maybe he has his problems again. Well, apparently he doesn't. I guess he's happy they've come to an agreement. But, I mean, he's got a ton of unreleased songs from this period that I'd like to hear official mm-hmm. release. Like, I've heard them, and they're good, so. Oh, you've heard bootlegs? I've heard them. Let's say I've heard them somehow. I don't really need Prince's people getting all over my shit. About but how that. does that kind of stuff get out when he's such a <laughs> control freak? How does that get How does that get anywhere other than his safe? You have to wonder if he kind of authorizes it in in a way. It's like, let's put it out there so, you know, people can get excited. I don't know, to be honest. I don't know if it's... Well, you got... I I mean, there's always technicians, engineers. engineers. Yeah. So was Bacon Skin officially released? (laughs) Chlorine Bacon Skin, it was... Yeah, it was released on uh, Crystal Ball, which was like a a big three CD outtake record. Well, I'm glad you put that out there. <laughs> yeah, the world needed that. Yeah, that's not that's that not his finest of, moment. The the purpose of Crystal Ball was to was to open up a lot of this old stuff that was just sitting around and and put it out for the people who really wanted it. And uh, yeah, apparently some of us really wanted to pay fifty bucks for Bacon Skin. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, there are there are some good songs on it as well. Yeah, but um. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I. I mean, it's an interesting document if you're interested in him and his career, but you know, it's not something you would uh, give as a gift. No, definitely not. Just someone that you liked. <laughs> yeah, but I. I mean, there's stuff from this period, like Moonbeam levels and stuff that hasn't been released. That's really great. Well, even the, even the B sides for the singles here, like Erotic City, actually became kind of a, a hit as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And it's a classic. Yeah. And it was a B side. And and as I mentioned before, the beautiful ones has like a great vocal where it's all falsetto, and then he just goes into his screaming act at the end, but really well. Oh yeah, I like that song. That was, that's a really good song. I don't, I, I've, I might have heard this that song a couple times, but not that much before listening to the album all the way through, and that was really pretty. Yeah, that's that's one I always think like when I go do karaoke, I should try that, and then I think the better of it because. There's no way I can pull that off. No one will follow that. (laughs) Well, I I also wouldn't be able to pull it off at all. So, (laughs) yeah, it's it's, so was was is this album proof that he's a better singer, or is the movie proof that he's a better actor? (laughs) Well, that's a question nobody's ever asked. We have other proof that he is not a very good actor. So. It's got to be the singing. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, honestly, the music carried the movie rather than the other way around. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I did love the movie at the time, but I was 14. You know, I saw it a f- yeah. probably three times in the yeah. theater, but it was mostly for the music, I guess. There were boobies, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, there were on. boobs. <laughs> Apollonia. You were finding yourself in the waters of Lake Natanka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the... <laughs> the yeah, I, I watched it recently, like it was on TV or something, and I caught it and i was like oh god damn this does not hold up at all as a as a story yeah it's pretty painful um although i never saw graffiti bridge and from what i hear that's even worse it oh it's there's no compare purple rain is oscar worthy compared to the graffiti bridge (laughs) well i did see under the cherry moon so that has that has its own charms Uh, it's it's definitely not a good movie but it, it is it is interesting it, it's interesting. It's almost, I mean, it's weird because Kristen Scott Thomas 
is in it, and uh, she's almost as bad as Prince is in that. I don't know what the hell she was doing. <laughs> yeah, but she, she survived somehow. <laughs> yeah, she, well, she became a decent actor, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I saw him in New Girl. He was fine in that. Was he? No. No, he really wasn't. <laughs> I didn't see it. I, I, I just like the fact that he's such a fan of the show, he insisted on being a guest star. <laughs> I... He's a he's a funny person. I mean, like when you when you see him, he's done some talk shows now, and and uh, you know, whereas during the Purple Rain era, it was very much you know, I don't exist, you don't see me, goodbye. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember uh, Cream Magazine at the time they did a cover story on Prince, and the whole thing was a made up interview with Prince because he wouldn't even <laughs> do interviews with music magazines yeah. back then. What what talk shows has he been on? Arsenio. He- he did Jay Leno a bunch of times. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and he would go like, he would be on every night for a week. Oh, wow. Would he sit on the couch? or he just... Yeah, he came over to the couch a couple of times. <laughs> and he brought it, he, he shook hands with Jay Leno and he had a joy buzzer. <laughs> and Jay, Jay Leno goes, one of the greatest musical geniuses of our times, and this is his idea of comedy. <laughs> well, Jay Leno's not really one to talk about comedy. Yeah, really. But... But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prince just seems to me like somebody who his whole world, his whole social world is like mind fucking people. That's that guy seems yeah like what he's into. He's like, I'm Prince. I can kind of do what I want. Did you see that Jimmy Fallon was on Leno talking about meeting Prince and playing ping pong with him? Mm. It was bizarre. People should look it up on YouTube. It's it's funny, but it's the he- same kind of thing. In the same category, Kevin Smith had a, a, a Prince experience where he got called in to do a documentary. Oh, um, yeah. And he shot. Yeah, have you ever read that? I did, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that paints a picture, a very disturbing picture of, of, our, of our friend. Yeah, what happened? Know? I didn't read that. Oh, so Kevin, it was around the time Prince was doing a record called um, The Rainbow Children. And he had, he was very deep into his conversion to Jehovah's Witness. And this record was supposed to kind of put that across to people. And he, he called Kevin Smith in to his studios in Minneapolis to film this big fan experience. He invited fans from all over the country to come and just hang out. And they're thinking they're going to like a music festival. But instead, they come in and it's like a big Jehovah's Witness festival and like <laughs> all these strange, like, parlor games with words to try and be you know thought provoking and it's hours and hours and hours of stuff and you know dealing with him kevin smith talks is hilarious on the subject of of what it's like to to be employed by prince and and to experience his little entourage and um and and then at one point this just goes on for hours and hours and hours and he runs out of he didn't bring enough film stock and the cameraman looks over at him he's like what are we going to do and he goes he, kevin smith mimes to him to just pretend like he's he's still wrong <laughs> just keep <laughs> and prince and, decided to never release any of that no and and there's a ton of projects like that, that yeah. you know it's just funny he would choose kevin smith it just seemed like Kevin Smith and well, Prince don't really mix. Kevin uh, uh, Kevin Smith and Jehovah's Witness doesn't really mix. It's just a weird choice. I think it was on the basis of no, because Prince Lin, did not like Dogma. He walked out of a screening of Dogma after this experience, I think, or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Which he, I can't argue with that because no, that was a shift. Yeah. Maybe he really liked Clerks or something. Who the hell knows? Um, yeah. 
Well, a good segue into the Prince being, it's a good segue to Prince being weird is the Doritos story, Pat. Do you remember that? The what? Oh, the, the Doritos. Yeah. Yeah. That's in a, that's one in one of the biographies on him. There's this story. It's, it's from like around the time of 1999. He's out on tour and I forget who it was, a large guy in the band. Um, and he irritated Prince. I don't remember what, something, you know, routine kind of a thing, nothing big. And, uh, Prince, you know, of course, he can't really do anything to this guy. But what he does is he has his bodyguards handcuff him to a coat rack. And then he comes over and starts flick talking about his mama and flicking Doritos at him and hitting him in the face with Doritos. And he just keeps doing it, flicking, flicking Doritos and talking about his mama. And at some point, this guy just yanks the coat rack out of the wall. And at that point, the bodyguards have to tackle him and get him out of the room. Um but I, again, a, a very revealing look at uh, at the psychology of uh, of Prince. Yeah, <laughs> well, he, I love that story. They're surfaced like <laughs> I always tell the story in my head where he's throwing the Doritos at Morris Day, and he's not tied down. Morris Day just refuses not to move. Morris Day. Well, I could <laughs> flick more Doritos at Morris Day with no handcuffs involved. <laughs> yeah, he would. I could totally see him doing that to Morris Day. It's, it's, that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> That's where he Morris Day yeah. being like, "This is the Bills." <laughs> yep. He'd be trying to catch the Doritos with his mouth. <laughs> yeah, Dorito first thing just opened his mouth. Jerome, catch that Bert Dorito. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, there was another project like that I surfaced recently. I saw some on the internet. I think it was around the time of Dirty Mind or Controversy, like Prince commissioned some film project, and they shot all this footage, and then he just shelved it. I don't know. I I think when pr probably in Prince's will, he's got he's going to release like five thousand hours of shit when he dies. That's all I can imagine, but I don't know why he's holding on to it all. I guess I mean, yeah. obviously he's some kind of control freak. Yeah, yeah. Nothing is ever good enough. Like the movie "Sign of the Times" is supposedly a concert film, but oh, it, I've seen it. Yeah, it, it was a it was a series of concerts, but then he didn't like any of the footage, so he went back to a soundstage and reshot all of it, and then he intersperses it with crowd footage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he. He faked a concert film for no good reason. He faked a concert film, yes. It's still good, though. <laughs> but, he, yeah, it's what, like, he, it won't, is. Yep. he won't release it on DVD for some reason. Yeah, I, who knows, man. Oh, yeah. But, and the, but then he goes out, puts, he, and the, but he's perfectly comfortable putting his name on a piece of shit like Artificial Age or whatever the, or, or, all right, we'll get to that. I, I, uh, we're going to have to address the elephants in the room. Well, we're going to have disagreements on that. We'll, we'll take a break before we get to that. But, okay. well, yeah, we can wrap up Purple Rain, I guess. I mean, I, th I think it's just, like you said, it's kind of like you could give it to a kid today and it, it, it would be great. Like they're, like this this album and, you know, the Beatles, I don't know. That's really all I can think of. That's that mm -hmm. crosses across generations and genres and whatever. Maybe like London Calling by The Clash. I don't know if, if that would have the same. But, yeah, it's just like... It holds up amazingly well after 30 years. Yeah, I think the strength is in the songwriting, and and where that went, I don't know. Yeah, songwriting and and performances, like I said, the, let's give the revolution oh, sure. their due too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pat Riccardi, you have any closing thoughts on Purple Rain before we take a break? No, I agree. It, 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 I actually think it would be interesting to hear what 
what a young person would think of it. But I do think they would they would definitely not dislike it, but I do think they would like it. But I would like to hear what they think of it because they are, already have stuff that's been influenced by it, what they're listening to already. So it would be interesting. Yeah, well, we have a school teacher here. So, uh, yeah, get on it. Uh, have Purple Rain Day. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll have more time for doing podcasts after that. So <laughs> we, you know, this could become a long-term thing. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about his new album. So uh, we will be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation. Transubstantiation, Brian Stoker's creation, the land of the Thracians. And right back to the start, it's gonna take some time and patience. All right, we're back, and now we're going to talk about Artificial Age and Plectum, God damn it, Plectrum Electrum, his two new albums, one by himself, one with... It's not your fault, son. <laughs> yeah, it is Prince's fault, um, as most of my problems But John, you did, say it, you did say it wrong, because it's all capital letters. Plectrum Electrum! <laughs> so you're supposed to shout. Artificial Age! Yeah. No, artificial age. I don't think is is that is that one all caps too. I know plectrum electrum is. I think artificial age is just regular. Oh, okay. Um, On my screen, it's all caps. Yeah, I think I think it is. They're all all caps. I think. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, the the artificial age is him by himself, and plectrum electrum is him with the band Third Eye Girl. And I'll just say right off, I don't think plectrum electrum is any good, really. So Third Eye Girl is is the YouTube band. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he had fun. Girls I found on YouTube. And I don't feel like uh, my problem with Plectrum Electrum is um I don't go to Prince for like rock. Like I like when he mixes rock with soul and stuff. Like I don't mind a rock song on an album to like break up, you know, the the feel of an album, but like a whole album of that is not I don't think that he's playing to his strengths with that. And I don't think the band is. Uh, I, I don't think the band. The band is not the revolution. They're not really up to. Well, the songs aren't there anyway, so it's kind of. Hard yeah, the first five songs I really didn't like on that. I, I think I think it gets better in the second half, but those first five songs are just really bad. Guitar for no good reason. They don't sound good. Yeah, yeah like the title song is. Yeah, just... and it never goes anywhere. Right. Yeah, the 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 title song is an instrumental that's just a Led Zeppelin ripoff. Which, who needs that? Um, Isn't Led Zeppelin already ripping off other people too? Yeah, so exactly. Doesn't... So it's a ripoff of, of I don't know, Blind Willie McTell or whoever. Um, there is, there was actually a song um, that I liked, which of course uh, I can't even uh, think of the name of now. So I gotta, I gotta look it up. There's, there's one song, and it is near the end of the album that uh, I thought was decent um and it is called oh another love i think is okay it because it builds it's got dynamics i I agree yeah 
it's it's kind of a you know it kind of starts out more mellow and then he goes into an actually good like guitar solo and and singing but uh, another problem with this record is he's letting the women in the band sing way too much and yeah. i don't I, I don't feel I, like they brought anything vocally that i needed to hear like i would much rather have heard prince singing these songs well john you're just another brink in the misogynistic wall of noise then well i don't think that's news to anybody <laughs> pat but but the song yeah the songs are just all right wait i got to bring this up because there was a, there's a song called Mars that like musically it's okay like it, it's kind of got a uh, it's kind of got like a new wavy rock feel which is all right but then our, the first line because I wrote I wrote this down um, lost my job at Mickey D's for giving away too much food for free but I couldn't watch another black child go to school with nothing to eat there's so many things wrong with that. <laughs> first of which is that you're Prince. Nobody's buying you as somebody working at Mickey, Mickey D's, which by the way, was that just like a King of pop thing? You know how Michael Jackson said, I'm the King of pop. Like nobody ever called it Mickey D's until they like put out commercials saying they were Mickey D's, I guess to appeal to the urban market. Is that, do I have no, my history I, right I, on that? When I, was a, when I was a kid, people called it Mickey. Did D's. they? Okay. Yeah, maybe. All right. I, yeah. But I think I, they grabbed it. I but. St- I still yeah that that line is awful, and yes. and the, the the I mean the lyrics are atrocious, but the, the even just if you don't, if you have it on low and you can't hear the words, there, there are no hooks, you know. And and apart from that one song, find another love, the songs never go anywhere. There there's it starts in a place and it ends in the same place. Nothing yeah. has happened. Yeah, it's very it's very four four rock. Yeah, with no. Except for another love, like you said, they don't go anywhere. It's just kind of monotonous uh, riffing, and mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I mean, I think that might be the worst lyric he's ever written. Um, but not to mention the fact that, like, now, it's it's questionable. That's a whole other show. Yeah, <laughs> it's questionable whether <laughs> letting a kid go to school hungry or giving him McDonald's is a better choice. <laughs> yeah, have you done him any favors? And yeah. even if he's not speaking as himself, or He's, he's making up a character. I don't think people who usually give people food from McDonald's are doing it to help kids. They're usually doing it to help their friends. So I just don't believe, even believe the character did it. Yeah, no, yeah, it's so <laughs> unbelievable. And then, uh, yeah, like some of the songs, like um, a couple like Pretzel Body Logic and Stop This Train have kind of like these nursery rhyme melodies that it's just kind of annoying. And, and Tic-Tac-Toe, yeah. I don't know, uh, more bad lyrics, like... It's just a, a really terrible analogy, like um, like a bunch of blind people playing tic-tac-toe <laughs> who knows where the zeros and the Xs go. Like, that describes nothing in life. Nothing is like that. And blind they people can't even don't... draw the board. Yeah, yeah, blind people don't play tic-tac-toe, and not even just because they're blind, but because it's a boring game for five-year-olds. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what the point is. It's, I don't even, I kind of don't even want to talk too much about this album. I feel like it's not worth talking about, um, okay. except for another love. I'd say, you know, if you want to download a song, uh, download that one, and you can skip the rest. Every time he sang "You Need to Fix Your yeah. Life Up," I thought of that Red Fox, "Clean Your Asshole," and I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure why. It would have <laughs> been a better lyric. <laughs> Got to clean your asshole. <laughs> All right. It's clean advice. It's an advice song. <laughs> I guess that's why. Yeah, I, I don't know. What were you, well. Pat Riccardi, what's your feeling on this album? I yeah, the first 
all the guitar stuff turned me off. I didn't think it was like like I said before, just when it went, it didn't ever went anywhere, and it didn't sound that good. And I like some of the the women singers, but they did go on for too long. And yeah, I didn't like it. the first half of it. I didn't like it at all. And then the second half, I guess I liked a little bit better, but it did have that all the ridiculous lyrics, so that didn't help any. But the sound of it, it was at least better than the first half. Yeah. Well. I all right. Artificial age. This one. After oh, you're done. It, We're off of this. Well, we can come Did back we, to it, but let's get to artificial age. No, I agree. I, I just thought you'd have some terrible things. I stopped taking notes. I like, I just, I just, you know what? Honest to God, I had, I was listening to this record and I had to, I had to, I had to plow through it. I had to be prepared. And uh, I had, uh, my sons uh, had left a little book on ninjas on the table written for like 10 year olds. And that was so much more engaging than this. Record. <laughs> I, I loved the book on ninjas. I recommend it highly. <laughs> well, we haven't got the recommendations cool, yet. So, yeah. It, well, yeah. That's it's. There's not a lot to say. It's it's just not very good. Um, no. Uh, and I think like the lazy tabloid way of talking about these albums would be artificial age is like the slow jam album and plectrum electrum is the rock album. Although you know plectrum electrum has some ballady stuff and this one has some more up tempo stuff. But this this one artificial age. Um, at first, I was like, ah, eh, whatever. It's like pro forma Prince. You know, it's like all the stuff he did in the 90s and 2000s, just kind of like there's no spark there. But the more I listened, the more I was like, yeah. oh, this these are actually good songs when you give them a chance. Like, they're slow jams, but they're good slow jams. Um, I got into it. I, I, In fact, I think this is maybe his strongest album in I don't even know how long. Um uh, after giving it probably more of a chance than than most people would, but I think like Breakfast Can Wait is pretty classic, and I think the breakdown is excellent. Um, I don't know. Well, let let's hear from you guys first. Pat Hayes, you did not like this. No, I didn't, and you know I I really expected to. I had read some good things about it, and. Uh... I, I, the first song, which I guess is Artificial Cage, uh, it starts out, I love the opening. Uh, it's it's this little uh, guitar line and then uh, some synth- big you know, techno synthesizers come in behind it, very dynamic, dancey. And, and I really, I thought, well, this is going to turn into something interesting. And then it just turned into a big steaming pile of shit. Uh, it went off into some rap interlude and it never well, came that's, back. That's always the problem. With, he's never been able to manage rap in his music yeah it's it's no it thankfully the rap here is brief and uh Mm. and done in a like a weird it's not the whole problem i mean it's not a tony m situation right well it's kind it's kind of his daft punk move like you could i i like i get it people say that he's you know kind of following trends now more than inventing them but I, i don't really know what he could do at this point except invent an entire new genre of music to get people to give him any credit. Like even if he's, even if he's just keeping up with new music, that's more than you can say of like Bob Dylan or Stevie wonder or U two or any other old huge acts like this. I mean, I, I got to give him credit for that. Um, because I think also, um, what was it? Uh, the song, you know, is kind of has a trip hop feel, which I know is still nineties, but like, it reminds me of, of, maybe i don't know portis head mix with some stereo lab which is a new sound for prince and like kind of a cool thing to put on like a 
a big pop album. Yeah, I really like You Know. It was calming. It was fun. Yeah, even... But the lyrics are so forced. No, well, it's... You're never going to have the lyrics, I feel like. I mean, you can even go back to Sign of the Times. Like, that That song is terrible lyrically. Um, he's never good with when he... Especially when he tries to do... Social like, comments. Yeah, social commentary is terrible. Well, like on this one, the the song Clouds, I I like as well. I pretty much like this whole album. Um, but Clouds, you know, where the the lyrical hook is, um, something about like um, never kiss under, on the neck. That yeah, she never. Doesn't yeah, never underestimate the power of a kiss on the neck when she doesn't expect. And he throws in a line about bullying just for fun. No wonder there's so many guns. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> <laughs> It's See, always I, a wrong turn. I thought the lyrics in this one were a lot. There's, I mean, yeah, the lyrics were like the rhymes are a little bit too on the nose, but they weren't nearly as annoying as the other albums. Oh no, not by not by any stretch. <laughs> well, when he's, when most of them are are relationship stuff, he yeah he doesn't give himself as much room to go into Cloud Cuckoo Land there, I guess. Cloud Cuckoo Land was actually a good band. Was it? I only know the album. Oh, I thought that was a band. What, what was the name? Lightning Seeds had an album called Cloud Cuckoo Land. Lightning Seeds, that was that was right. Yeah. Um, Pat, did you did you make any sense of this album, Pat? I liked it. I I didn't make any sense of it, but I enjoyed listening to it, and I liked the the sci-fi interludes in between songs. And I I always like I always like when bands do that. <laughs> I mean, I th- I thought that stuff was a little dumb, and like he's he's kind of done that before, like where he throws in a this whole concept that he's like being awoken from suspended animation 30 years in the future or something. He's got some nurse there. Whatever. It, it didn't annoy me I love the mothership, too. What was, was it the mothership? What was what was P-Funk, P-Funk's thing? Yeah, yeah. It was the mothership. Yeah, yeah, the mothership. Well, but, the, yeah, P, you can't really compare this to P-Funk. Um, no, were, he's, not, he's not going all in like they did. Right, and George Clinton <laughs> always had a sense of the absurdity of it, I feel like, where Prince kind of takes this seriously. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah. Um, or expects you to, and, and would like your fifteen dollars now, please. <laughs> but I think, I think overall, this this album, like, it's the songs. If this wasn't Prince, people would give it a lot more credit. I feel like, like I, I don't know, even even the minor songs, like what it feels like or whatever. If it was a Justin Timberlake song, it would be probably a hit, but. On this album, you know, it's just another Prince, like, I don't know, Prince being good, which I think this is good, it's obviously not his greatest, but uh, is still better than a lot of the shit out there, especially in R&B. And I feel like it's a... Well, see, that might be my problem, because I, I gave up on pop music so long ago that, you know, I'm not aware of just what what is going on out there. So I don't have that, that basis of comparison. Apparently, it's pretty fucking bad, because I got to tell you, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is the worst that Prince has done. This is even worse than the other album we talked about. I would put this... I'm going to put this one notch above Chaos and Disorder which was an album he put out solely to burn Warner Brothers at the end of his contract. (laughs) He spent spent 48 hours recording it, and he didn't warn anybody who maybe didn't have a lot of extra money to spend (laughs) that that's what he had done. I'm going to put this one notch. It's really really a half notch. So where are you putting Plectrum Electrum? (sighs) You're painting me into a corner. (laughs) Because... 
That was much no, worse than this. Electrum, no, I, I hate this worse than Plectrum Oh, electrum. wow. Oh, Plectrum wow. Elect- Plectrum Electrum is is a, a a barely competent album. You know, it 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 is what it is. It's 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 a it's a little guitar workout with a, a mediocre band. And one of the one member of the band used to be a, a gigantic superstar. Uh, and you know, if you heard if you heard Plectrum Electrum from a young band, you wouldn't rule out a, a future career for them, but you wouldn't certainly count on it. But this artificial age, I would tell them to, to go get jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't like it? I don't think I did. Yeah, I, and I would recommend it, especially Breakfast Can Wait, uh, The Breakdown, and you know. Um... So I wanted to hear more about this chaos and disorder. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an image on the front of it, which is it's, 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 it's a shot down into a toilet bowl with like a syringe floating in it. <laughs> And for some reason, I felt the need to buy this. And the bitterness has not gone away, evidently. This was um, like 1996 or something. Oh, whoa. Yeah, it was 96. I I actually thought Dinner with Dolores was not a bad song. I agree with that. And that's all I have to say about that <laughs> album, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there was a, a lot. Anyway, yeah. It's, it's not worth talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of surprised because I, after after two weeks of listening to this album, it grew on me to where I would I would place it higher than any of his '90s albums. Um, I lo- I really like the Rainbow Children. Yeah, I, that that one annoys me with the uh, with the the voice. You know what I'm talking about in that. The, yeah. Whoa, woo, yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it very well. <laughs> Didn't he use well, that voice? And a couple of these two albums i thought i heard that was or was it different than what you're talking no, about kind of yeah he uses that and he uses the camille voice here what he you know he calls the the really sped up chip monkey voice on a couple things and uh, on on that record too it, it was they were really pretty songs and then as long as you didn't listen to the anti-semitic lyrics oh my god that's what comes of being a jehovah's witness is he still a jehovah's yeah. witness yeah as far as I know, yeah. Has anyone in Minneapolis reported reported him coming to their door? Yes, he... he's been door to door. Oh my god, <laughs> he goes door to door. I think he's based in L.A. now, though, isn't he? Or is he still in Minneapolis? He still he still maintains a presence in Minneapolis, but I think he spends more time in L.A. Oh, okay. But he did. But I did. I did read a story from a woman who was like, who confirmed that he had come to her door and. Uh, she was like, you know, he was a nice enough man, but, um, you know, it was the middle of the Vikings game and he just wouldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> so he chose a good time to do his, his witnessing. Oh, Prince. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think part of the, 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 the trouble we see now, I think kind of stems from like, he did that album, the rainbow children, and it was supposed to be this huge, sincere statement that was going to be play a part in, in spreading the message of, of the way he felt about things now. And it didn't do very well commercially. And it came under fire for its lyrics. And it was kind of like, well, that's what I'm really about now. So I guess I'm going to keep making music, but it's not going to be about what I'm really about. It's just going to be about me, the lover man, me, the party man. And, you know, I'm just going to play those roles over and over and over again because that's what that's what I do. That's who I am, even though I'm really much too old for any of it. 
Well, yeah, I, I don't know. See, I think I think he's looking at his, his discography. So Musicology and 3121 both had some really good songs on them. Um, mm-hmm. But then he did Planet Earth, Lotus Flower, and Minneapolis Sound um, and 2010. And this is better than any of those, I think. Yeah, the, uh, you're, the the three that you could buy together at Target, yeah. they were they were basically not good records, but they didn't they didn't leave me feeling as disappointed as this record. Huh, weird. There were some covers on there that were okay. I feel like this is kind of more of a return to his '80s sound. A lot of it, like especially some of the keyboards and like the the minimalist funk stuff that he he used to do a lot of. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of on this album. Um, and even like even more up tempo funk like the gold standard or funk and roll, um, yeah. I don't know. I I I would recommend this album. Did you well, like you, funk and roll? Did you like funk and roll better on this record or on Plectrum or Electrum? Because it was it, on both. I liked it better on this one because it didn't have the mm. the bar band backing <laughs> like it, it had. It went like it had more dynamics. It went into that kind of like arena techno mode near the end and stuff is more just more interesting on this album i think will he tour based on these these albums i mean he he has toured before they even came out you know with third eye girl and he played a lot of the new songs so i don't know okay but it was a club tour so maybe he'll do an arena tour honestly i wouldn't be super psyched to see him with third eye girl as his band but i would probably still go see him just because i know he's gonna kick ass what's a club tour mean What's like that? He was, it means small venues. Yeah. Man, it must have been hard to get tickets. Yep, they they sold out in minutes, yeah. Yeah. And they what were, was his album that he gave out as part of the newspaper like that in, was t- in London? 2010. 2010. No, 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 no. It was um you mentioned it earlier. I forget the name of it. It's it's a pretty forgettable record, but it was um No, it was 2010 that they, they gave it out with the Daily Mirror and the Daily Record. And what would no? I'm thinking of the one he gave out at the concert. You got it for free. Oh, was that the same one? No, I found it. It was Pl- Planet Earth giving out with the mail on Sunday. Oh well. So, okay. Yeah, 2010. So what? 2010 but, was given out too. Yeah, you could you could still buy Planet Earth like on iTunes and everything like that. Um, oh, they, so they both were given out for free. Yeah, 2010. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't buy unless you lived in Europe and got the the album. Jeez. Sounds like that plane's right above your house. No, it's a helicopter, but it's not right above. I'm outside. I'm always exiled outside when I have to do phone calls. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Prince doing his uh, Rainbow Children voice. <laughs> I thought that was Prince checking out who's talking about him and making sure they're not we're not playing his copyrighted music. You know, like the the one song you mentioned, Breakdown. You know. I've heard, well, this is like a really intimate personal song. It's all about his, you know, him feeling like he's wasted his life and all this. But the lyrics are so contrived. And, and the you know, the rhyme, it, it, he's a slave to these really easy rhymes. And, um, and it just comes across as kind of insincere. It's just, well, it, maybe. It, yeah, ly- I mean, lyrically, I can overlook it as long as it's not the Mickey D shit, you know, the really horrible crap, because I don't expect, <laughs> ever expect good lyrics from him. Um, I, but musically, I I think it's a return to form for him. Sometimes I like those simple lyrics. There's like, 
like cat in the hat kind of lyrics that because that's what that one has right like told and pool, pool and fool is that that song yeah yeah that's the one yeah, yeah I, sometimes i like i like those simple lyrics but it didn't fit that song that song was supposed to be like this you know searing confessional and it's got these nursery rhymes in it well that's his confession he's a simple guy <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's better than it's better than a bunch of lyrics about God and religion from him, especially. <laughs> ah, I'm I'm surprised. Uh, well, it looks like it's two to one on this one, though. You, Pat Riccardi, you like I lose. this? Yeah, I like I liked it. Yeah, I will I will listen to this. Like there, if I was making a Prince mix CD, I'd probably put a couple of these songs on there. You know, the thing is, if you want to buy a bad Prince record, I can recommend much better ones. <laughs> but I want to buy a good one. <laughs> well, I yeah, but I mean, for a while, he was just putting out, like, any old shit. Not just Chaos and Disorder, but even, even like, Emancipation, a, like, triple album. Uh, set that yeah, was... it could have been one album that was listenable. Yeah, instead. And then he did, like, the crap, like, the raven to the joy fantastic and and all that um uh, well, there's also the fact that i found two albums he was giving out for free in on newspapers <laughs> yeah that's true yeah but, uh, and well, there, i guess there was one he gave out for free at the concert too to up up his uh his sales yeah, his numbers well i yeah he's never going to return to the glory days of the 80s but i think in a way he he can't really i mean it's it's kind of impossible to be that groundbreaking nowadays. I, I mean, you can say that he's not, it's the songs like his songwriting has gotten really lazy. Um, but I, but I yes. do feel like artificial age, he, he tried more than he, he has in a, in a long while. So I don't know. I give it a thumbs up. Oh, there's I accept no this. <laughs> There's another story about him being a dick that I just found out. Did you guys hear about the him breaking the guy's guitar on? Uh, oh yeah, on, on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Yeah, he threw the dude. He borrowed the dude's guitar for his performance and threw it and broke it. It was like the dude's favorite guitar. Yeah, kind of a dick yeah. move. No, but before before the show, his, his team went up to the guy and was like, "We want to buy this guitar from you," and he said, "No, I love that guitar. It's my favorite guitar. But he can use it because he's my idol." And so obviously he knew he was going to throw it. But he couldn't buy it, and then he threw it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he offered to—I think he offered to sign it. And he's like, the "Guy's like, no, really, that's all right." <laughs> but they, he did—he did pay to have it fixed. <laughs> well, I so in the end, he's—he's he's a good guy. I don't think he's a somebody any of us would want to be friends with. Although I wouldn't. No, mind. it sounds like it's a rough road. Yeah, I wouldn't mind hanging out with him for one night. I imagine it'd be entertaining. As long as he's paying. He would be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, interesting. So, so for this podcast, I guess we can all pretty much recommend uh, Purple Rain. Yes. Yes. Although, yeah, if you don't own it, I, I don't, I don't really know why. You wouldn't if you're a music fan, but yeah, you should buy it if you don't. Um, or wait for the 30th anniversary edition that will probably never show up. It might come out in five years. That's true, and he'll still call it the 30th anniversary <laughs> edition to you. 
<laughs> so this stuff that's out in his new albums, this has nothing to do with the stuff that's supposedly in his vaults. Nope. Never really. Right. No, no, no. So he has hours and hours of music that, that have never seen the light of day. Oh, no. Jesus. Yeah. Hundreds yeah. of hours, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of it is just magnificent. I mean, some of it leaks out and you're like, wow, why doesn't he put this out? And some of it, honestly, it's just it, it's just sketches and, and, and it's chlorine bacon skin and, and it's perfectly clear why it was never released. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there is there is enough great stuff out there for, for a few albums, I would think. There is no, there is no excuse for either record that was put before us here this this, this year. <laughs> so, but so he's costing himself money by not releasing it since a lot of it's on bootlegs. Yeah, I, I yeah I don't I don't get it. Maybe now that he's back with Warner Brothers, he will start releasing it. And because it. I know he's hurting for money. <laughs> well, Why else would he appear on, on Saturday Night Live? I feel like now that he's back with. Uh, with Warner Brothers, he can maybe start doing the deluxe editions that everybody else has started doing with their reissues, you know? Yeah. And uh, and make more money on old shit. Like, that's the American way now, right? Yeah, put it out again. Did you did you watch the whole Saturday Night Live, or did you just watch the Prince? I watched it for Prince. Well, I watched it up until Prince, you know, but I was kind of only half paying attention. Oh, okay. I was just wondering if Chris Rock was funny. Not really. No. No. Um, Pat, do you still keep up with the the Prince fan club online stuff, or is that something you haven't done in a long time? No, I go there like like when when I'm just looking for something to do on the internet, I'll go there, and there's not usually anything too interesting. Okay. Here's what I want to know. So Prince does uh, when he plays concerts, he then usually does an after show too, like at two in the morning. Yeah. A lot of times, stuff. How the yeah. hell do you get tickets for those, or how do you even find out about those? Do you know? Cause yeah, I, I've been I've been to a couple, yeah. and they're really good. And whatever you have to do, you should do. Um, it, if you like, if you know he's going to be in your town, um, you can now. I think a lot of it goes out by internet, and Prince.org carries it, and um, they're like a message board. Um, but it, I mean, it used to be like. I went to see him once at Madison Square Garden and there were just little Xerox copied uh, pieces of eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper that said, go to Roseland Ballroom. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and you go and it's like, just give them 20 bucks and walk in. If you're, if you're in line ahead of everybody else, that you go in. And I saw him in D.C. on those terms once and, you know, they called it out from the stage. Like the after party is at such and such. And uh, it's nine thirty club. Yeah, yeah, it was nine thirty club. And uh, the it's old nine thirty club or the new nine thirty club? It was the new nine thirty club. Okay. Uh, and it's it's just kind of a right place, right time kind of thing, uh, but it's very much worth it. And it's like if you if you go and see the arena show and then you go see that, you're like, why can't he do that in the arena? Who would be dissatisfied if he did that <laughs> in the arena? But he never does. Yeah, you know, I, I've heard a lot of the after shows. Um, what? Well, well, we don't need to say how I've heard them, but I've heard them and yeah, they're much looser and they just seem like a lot more fun. A joyous. Yeah. 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 But the, and he, could, he, he could play these plectrum electrum songs and you'd think they were the greatest songs ever. Yeah. But the arena shows are also awesome, right? Oh, they are. Every, uh, they we are. should say no matter what anybody thinks of these albums, if Prince comes around, you should see Prince live. Yeah. You are making a big mistake if you stay home. Yeah. It, he he is probably the best performer 
in rock and pop for the last 30 years easily. So and the thing with the arena shows is he's figured out that he kind of has to paint by numbers. He can't, you know, people want to hear the the greatest hits and they don't really want to hear anything else. So it's a formula. It's a recipe how he puts those sets together. Right. Um, but but they're still great, I will say. Yeah. 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 I would have really liked to have seen him at the old 930 Club. Not so much to see his act, but just to see how he, re- he reacted to all the filth. <laughs> he wouldn't walk in the old 930 Club. <laughs> he would have just played chlorine bacon skin and left. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Is this where you live, Alfred? Is this where you live? This is nasty, Alfred. This is nasty. <laughs> that, w- that would be the greatest way to get sued by Prince for doing that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, mine. it's my creation. You can't have it. You could just you could just pretend that was your Red Fox impression. <laughs> I think you're safe. <laughs> All right, well, should we get to uh, recommendations, Asian Nations? Yes. Sure. All right, uh, you want to go first, uh, Patrick Hayes? Sure. sure. Uh, I, I saw, I, I don't get out much. I've got, you know, kids, and uh, the, but we went to the movies. Grandma took the kids, and we went to see, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't remember the name of it. It's a really good movie. It's about the Mexican Day of the Dead. It's animated, uh, and uh, damn, what is the name of it? Do you guys know this? It, it, it's been out for like three weeks. Uh, it's fantastic. It's the best movie I've seen in years. It's it's nothing but nonstop fun. Except Ice Cube has a has a has a cameo and he tries to kill it and 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 it, it fails. Well, uh, Ice Cube kills pretty much everything he's involved in. I feel like. What is the name of this movie? Is it, is it Book, Book of, of Life? Book of Life. Book of Life. Yes. Thank you. All right. Book of Life. Um, An absolute. Del- all right. That sounds, that sounds neat. It sounds like it's the animator's pretty cool. He's done other. I don't know if he's done other stuff, but just the short little bit I read while I was looking up the name of it. Sounds neat. Um, what do you have, Pat? Uh, I haven't watched or done much new stuff this week, but I did watch. Um, another animated movie that is not quite as sophisticated, but it was fun called. The Lego movie. It was oh, you finally better, saw that. much better than I expected. It, really fun. I think it's it, it would be good for adults to watch with their kids or just adults to watch. It was a, good for kids too, obviously, but it was a really fun, clever movie, meta, and, and not too over the top. So, yeah, I recommend that. I saw, uh, I saw a movie called Whiplash, um, which I'll recommend, which is about a... Uh, a drummer at like a, a music conservatory in New York, and oh, uh, the movie with uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah, J.K. Simmons is his his teacher, and they're you know they're the way he teaches. Is, Did you say Jonah Jameson is in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a very different movie. You piqued my interest. <laughs> no, it's J.K. Simmons who's uh who's much better, although fully clothed for okay. the whole thing. Uh, um, but yeah, and their their adversarial relationship, and uh, if you watch the commercials for it, it, they make it look like it's something different than what it is. But I guess they have to try to appeal to, you know, a wider audience. But that's not really what it is. Um, what, are, and, what do the commercials make it look like? I don't know, like a really feel good 
you know, a drummer like trying to make it and you know fighting through adversity, which I mean, it kind of is, but it's it's a lot better than than that. It's okay. not it's not nearly that it's, cheesy. I mean, it's like much, a stand and deliver. Yeah, yeah. Drummer teacher. Yeah, it's not that at all. Um, it's much darker and more intense, but uh, but really good. And if you look at like Rotten Tomatoes, it's at ninety seven percent. And I think like when you see that, you nice. think it's going to be like you know the wow the greatest one of the greatest movies ever, which it's not, but it's like so solidly good that I feel like nobody could hate it, which is, so it's one of those movies and definitely worth seeing. Um, yeah, that's my recommendation. So, uh, I guess that's it. You know, we didn't even mention Prince, uh, as a songwriter, just like he, he gave away songs, number one hits to people that were better than a lot of people could do in their whole career, which is, I don't know. Yeah. But didn't the Go-Go's have, have, he gave them a song? The Bangles. Oh, Bangles, okay. Yeah, uh, obviously Sinead O'Connor. Um, half, yeah. half of the time but stuff. I have, to see, have you ever heard his version? What's that? Have you ever heard his version of Nothing Compares to You? His version of Nothing Compares to You? Yes, I've heard his versions of almost all those songs he gave away, yeah. The, or is his version universally better? No, and it should be. <laughs> yeah, no, Sinead's version is better, for sure. But, I mean... Yeah, he does some weird things with the the melody. Like hers is very smooth and flowing, and his is more has more like staccato breaks in it and stuff. And um, did he write that specifically yeah. for her? No, he wrote it for the family. I think I originally. Think so. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and and you know, of course, he wrote you know, sing 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 for Benny Goodman, and <laughs> I think Jason Joy of Man's Desiring for Bach. Yeah, he's done it all. So anyway. Uh, and he's a, he's of course immortal, which we haven't mentioned. I think it's I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, the hair changes, but the face doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look worked over either. I don't know. Maybe it's just good clean living, but yeah, yeah. That's why Joan Jay's done pretty well for him. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we can declare now that the Prince won. Oh yeah, I think Michael Jackson lost for sure. I mean, Michael Jackson lost yeah. as soon as he released Man in the Mirror, really. <laughs> but, okay, um, I guess, well, that was a good show, and thanks for joining us, Pat. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Yeah, a lot of fun. Hey, thanks, absolutely. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime, even if you are uh, wrong about one of the things we discussed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, Pat, you want to do the spiel? Oh, uh, like us on Facebook, rate us highly on iTunes. Um, and if you want to be on the show, if you want to talk about the show, if you have anything to say to us, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. All right. That does it for this week. Next week, uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice The last start of conversation David Jason, Francis Bacon Frank Lampard is gonna take some Concentration Yep.
There's a terrific Neolithic tribe in the Pacific They got no cars, no televisions Nobody, no ambitions Just some pigs and some chickens And they'll all start a conversation The League of Nations, the English patient Joe Norbach, it's gonna take some imagination